God bless you. Thank you for being here. I am super excited that you're here. We are in a brand new series. Our series is called Equipped. And what we're doing is we're talking about the armor of God. The armor of God that God instructs us to put on in order to fight off the attacks of the evil one. Because here's something that most people don't know. You are in a war. There is a serious attack on your life. And most of us don't feel like that because we don't see it. And so remember what we said last week? That all of us, we have, well, a lot of us, we have in our pockets these things that we put on our hands, hand sanitizer. And the reason that we do that is because we're reminded that there is an unseen world, germs, that can affect our seen world and affect not only our health, but even cost us our lives. You see, there was a time when no doctor, no scientist believed what I just told you, where they would say, are you trying to tell me that there are things that I can't see that affect my physical health? To which, of course, we would say yes. And then they took it on themselves, they, 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 uh, so a few doctors took it on themselves to, within a small practice, to start simple things like washing their hands and dealing with these unseen things. We talked about that last week. Man, I can't go through the whole thing, but I want you to just know that there is an unseen world that you and I, while we can't see, affects our lives and can even cost us our lives. And so as we're in this series, I want you to press in. I don't want you to miss a week. I want you to invite your friends because I'm telling you, I'm going to give you the reason why the marriage went the way it did. I'm going to tell you the reason why the health is gone, why the, the it, it, some of you, you just don't, you don't know. You think you're cursed and you don't understand that you're in a war. It's serious. So today we're going to talk about the belt of truth. Now, the belt of truth, it's important to know that the belt of truth is what we put on. Uh, the belt of truth, according to the scriptures, is, uh, well, when Paul was looking at the uh, soldier that he was attached to, he was looking at his armor and he was connecting, connecting how the spiritual walk is for the Christian with what the soldier wears. But now here's something even deeper. He was also reaching back into the Old Testament, the, the book of Isaiah. And in Isaiah, it talks about our Messiah putting on, uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 11, how he's putting on the belt of truth, how he's battling, and how um, all throughout Isaiah, in several different places, we see how it's God's armor that he puts on. The armor that we put on is not armor that belongs to us. It's armor that belongs to God. And he puts it on us and he says, now, listen, I'm giving you my warfare battle arraignments. Like, therefore, you also to put on and win. Now, before we get into this, we got to know that the belt of truth is to believe what you already know. That's what, the, that's what we're defining the belt of truth as. To believe what you already know. 
the belt of truth, the definition is to believe what you already know, Liz. That's the first point I'm talking about. Um, so when we put on the belt of truth, what we're saying is that there are scriptures that you and I know, that we've heard about, that we've read about, but that we don't feel emotionally, that we don't connect with viscerally. To put on the belt of truth is to believe what you already know the scriptures teach. But that's tough. To get stuff from here to here, it's tough, is it not? Let me give you an example. So I'll give you a few examples from my life of stuff that I was told and didn't like reach down. One is super controversial and the other is pretty benign, it's no big deal. I'll give you the benign one first. So I was in the doctor's office with my uh, son. He, was, uh, he had an acne issue, and so we had to go to the doctor's office to take care of his acne. Well, we're at the doctor's office, and we're trying to take care of his acne, and it was like an open concept doctor's office. So I could hear what the doctor was saying to someone else. And what he was telling someone else, they went to get uh, water from the water, you know, the, the little water thing, and it was cold. Like there was cold, and then there was room temperature, and then there was hot, you know, those three things. So the doctor goes, oh, no, 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 always get room temperature water. It's better for you. Now, I don't know what it was that when he said that, I really believed him. Like, I know I had heard about that in my life, but I was like, I bet that's true. And I just, be it became like a part of my life. I was like, that's really true. I'm going to believe that and all that stuff, right? And, and since then, and that's, wow, my, son, my son's going to be like, 30 in eight months, right? So that was when he was like 14. So that was a long time ago, right? This one is a lot more controversial. Very controversial, especially in our culture. I'm just going to tell you my story. And those of you who are new to Christ, you might even be offended by this. Please don't. It's just my story. I had some experiences when I was young of people coming into my room, and maybe some of you had this experience. A grown man came into my room when I was very, very young, and he locked and he double locked the door. And awful, awful things happened that day. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like terrible, soul-crushing things happened that day. Then I had friends, and we started to experiment and do things like that. And we did that, and I thought, I'm gay. The reason I'm doing these things is because I'm gay. And I was convinced I was gay. So hold that thought. Hold that thought. Are you with me? Okay. So I'm convinced I'm gay. I'm like 13, 14, 15 years old now. And so I go, um, I'm a part of this dropout prevention program. That's how good a student I am. In the dropout prevention, you know who they put in the dropout prevention program? <clears throat> Guys like me, like total losers like me, right? And, and maybe some of you. And so don't think I don't know. Okay, so they put me in this, and, but here's the thing. They put me in the dropout prevention program 
and there was this guy, and they took us, they put us all together, and I think the reason that they put us all together is because we were like the guys who would cause havoc throughout the whole school, so they figured if we were gonna mess up one class, it would just be fine if we, they could contain us kind of thing, and so they contained us in this one class, and the, the teacher started like a, a sex education class, and this is in the late 80s, early 90s, right? Around there, I'm not sure exactly when, probably late 80s. And the teacher said, and it was nothing but boys, and he said, so do some of you, and he just started talking like this was natural. Now you have to understand, I had already committed in my heart that I was gay, I was gonna live a gay lifestyle. And there was nothing wrong with that, and that was the way I was gonna do it. I just didn't know how I was gonna come out to my family. Cause like, we're Puerto Rican, and that was like a thing. Right, like it's, it was like real sad. By the way, if you struggle with this, I so empathize. It's so scary, is it not? It's so scary to be able to tell things to people that you feel like you might be rejected over. It's so frightening. Now, it's not, it might not be that big of a deal, but back when I was growing up, it was like a really, really big deal. And so, the teacher starts talking and he says this, he says, do any of you have like same-sex attractions? He didn't use that word. I'm just telling you like the kind of spirit of how he approached me. Or not approached me, approached all of us. Hey, are you guys attracted to other boys and all this stuff? Do you ever get like all that other stuff? And so we, you have to understand, we're the dropout prevention program, right? We start cursing at him and calling him all sorts of this and that and the third. You can imagine what we called that guy, right? I can't repeat any of it. But we started to curse and we started to do all that stuff and started to call him names, etc. <clears throat> he kept on going. And in my soul, as he was talking, I was like, please keep talking. Now my mouth was saying something else because I had to protect myself from being, you know, I thought everybody's eyes were on me kind of thing. As I keep on talking, keep on talking. But nobody had ever talked to me about sexuality. The only information I got about sexuality was what I learned from my culture. And it wasn't super healthy. So he kept on talking and he said, you know, many people, and he cited a couple of um, studies. He says, many people will go through and uh, he talked about uh, gender dysphoria and he talked about uh, sexual orientation and he talked about, he said, many people, he didn't use those words, we didn't have those words back then, but he described them. And he said, many people will go through that um, and then for some people, they'll struggle with it for the rest of their lives. And other people, the, the intensity is there for a brief period of time, and then it goes away. He just described all this stuff. I'm just giving you the whole long thing in a short period of time. And then he said, but in the end, you don't, you don't have to be anything. And I don't know why, but when he said that, I was like, I don't have to? I never had that thought in my mind. I thought if you felt it, you had to. I thought if you felt like it, or if you had acted out on it, you had to. I wonder if some of you guys hadn't gone through that. Where maybe you were, as you were growing older, you started to use hard drugs, maybe things like heroin, and you heard things like this. Once a dope fiend, always a dope fiend. Or, or maybe something like this, like once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. 
But it was something that when he said that I don't have to, it's just, it blew me away. It changed my life, like the water thing. It changed my life. Beloved, it not only changed my life, it changed my wife's life, it changed obviously my kids' lives, gave them life. I say, why do I say that? I think that many of us, when I say many of us, I mean the person sitting in your seat. We're believing a lie that's keeping us in pain. And the reason we believe a lie that keeps us in pain is because we haven't put on the belt of truth. We've believed our culture. We've believed our emotions. We've believed what our friends have told us. We just believe it's got to be that way. That's why the belt of truth is so important. Now, if you're here and you struggle with same-sex attraction, I just want you to know, there is literally, you could not find a better church to be in. There is no church that is more receiving and more loving and more kind than this one. I was just telling you my story. But here's what I also need you to know. That as we come to Christ... Christ will deal with all of us according to the stuff that we put in front of him. Do you, does that make sense? So like I'm, I'm Puerto Rican and I keep on saying that but I just need to remind you. Um, but I'm Puerto Rican and in my culture, a real man, you have to have two um, qualities to be a real man in my culture. You have to be able to handle yourself and then you had to be able to get the ladies, right? So basically, if you're a married Puerto Rican guy, you need two things. You need to be able to defend yourself and you need to have a furnished room somewhere, right? That's, that was like the standard, right? No, it's just the way it was, right? I'm not even, I'm not saying it's cool. I'm not saying it's, and if you're here and that's you, again, you are welcome here. We are glad that you're here. This is the most accepting and receiving place in the world. Here's my point. Here's all I'm trying to say. Here's all I'm trying to say is that there are beliefs that we believe that are not true. And that when we go and connect to God's truth, that there's a freedom in that. With that being said, we're gonna look at a text, but we gotta remind ourselves of last week's text for a second. And so here's, here's the deal, listen to me. Your joy will depend on how you or rather, what you choose to deeply believe. What you choose to deeply believe. Your marriage. You don't believe me? Some of you either were a victim of or thought that you weren't happy in a marriage. And so you know what's the problem when you're not happy in a marriage, right? <clears throat> when you're not happy in a marriage, you know, you know what the problem is? Them. That's always the problem. It's them. <clears throat> and if they were different, you'd be happy. That's the problem in most marriages, we believe. And then what do we do? We leave the marriage, and then we find another person to be with. We get married to them. And do you know what the problem is, um, interestingly enough, in that marriage? Them as well. Could you believe it? It happened twice. Well, here's the thing. 
It's because you believe something that's not true. And you need to put on the belt of truth. This affects your marriage. This affects how you handle your kids. It affects how you, listen, it affects what you put in your body. Some of you are struggling with weight. Some of you are struggling with health. You know why? Because you just believe the wrong things. And that believing those wrong things leads you to behaving in wrong ways, which leads you to have consequences that you don't want. So today we're going to talk about putting on the belt of truth because everything is at stake. Everything. Let's look at verse 13 first. Would you stand with me as we read God's word? Why don't we read these two verses together on the count of three? One, two, three. Therefore... Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. We're only going to deal with the belt of truth today because there's just too much to talk about. But This is God's word. Please have a seat. So he says, therefore, verse 13 opens up like this. Therefore, since everything that I just told you in verse 10, 11, and 12, that is that there's a war going on and it's a real battle and it's for your soul, joy, and happiness, I need you to know. Therefore, since that's true, since everything I just told you in these last three verses are true, therefore, Put on the full armor of God. This putting on the full armor of God is premeditated. In other words, don't wait for the day of evil to come. Put on the full armor before the day of evil comes. You know what the day of evil is, right? It's every day that ends in Y. You get me? In other words, it's the day of evil happens every day to someone. Every day. There are some of you right now who are experiencing a day of evil where it's like you feel all alone and you feel attacked and you feel super tempted because it's a day of evil for you. And for, for others of us, it's, we just got out of a day of evil. But day of evil happens in everyone's life and there one day will be an ultimate day of evil. We won't get into that right now, but what I'm trying to say is that the day of evil is real. And for some of you, it's happening. And for those of you who it's not, you're not experiencing the kind of fight for your life, fight for your soul with temptation, with false thinking, with lies that you believe. Listen to me. We have to, and this is such a big deal, we have to put on the belt of truth for those days of evil. But before we get there, he says to put on the full armor of God. Now, this is a big deal because we have to put it on before it happens. Have you ever tried to, I don't know if, like, and of course, you know, some of you, this will never happen. But you don't put on your armor while the battle is going on. You could imagine how difficult that would be, right? Be like, you know, fi- you know, finally grab your sword and just go, you know, trying to put on your shoes and put on your, like, that would be a, that, that would be a battle that would not last very long. Agreed? Right. You don't put it on while you're battling. You put it on 
before the battle. I remember I experienced this. I've told you this illustration before, but I find it so funny. Nobody else does, but I need the, the humor myself. So um, I was in a beach, true story. I'm in a beach, um, and we're in the sand, and there's this, there's this guy who, um, who has not been very conscious of his diet for like a really, 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 really long time, right? He has gained a ton of weight, and it's obvious, right? So he has his shirt off, and he has a Speedo, and it's something to see, right? It is something to see. And so he goes, he goes, and he lays down on his towel, and then he starts doing sit-ups, right? And my first thought was, too late. That was my first thought. Now, I want you to know, because I'm, I'm wicked and all that other stuff, all right. All right, like it probably should have been more like, my thoughts should have been more like, oh, that's good, you're starting, way to go, I'm so encouraged by, you know, and try to encourage him. It wasn't, it was just too late, right? And so here's the point, here's the point. When we're in the battle, folks, it's hard to put on our armor. So the, the, because God knows that, he says, before, before you get into put on the full armor of God. Not just pieces of it, the full armor. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that for the purpose of, remember when you see so that, that's for the purpose of. This is the reason why he just told you to put on the full armor. When the day of evil comes, we just talked about it because it's coming, you may be able to stand your ground. That you may be able to hold your position. Because when the day of evil comes, and this is not funny, because some of you are in the day of evil right now, it's like you can barely stand. You don't feel like you can stand at all. Like you feel overwhelmed. And even when I joke about this, it upsets you because it's so intense. You feel, and I feel that. And I want us to just, no, it's like we put on this full armor so that when the day of evil comes, you could be, listen to me, you could be 12, you could be 72. When the day of evil comes, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. In other words, you've done everything to hold your position you've done, and you feel like you're going to die inside. After you've done everything you can do to stand, stand firm then. And he says, and he starts to isolate each part of the armor. We're going to spend the next few weeks talking about every part of the armor. He says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. So let me just backtrack a little bit. What's the armor of God? Do you know what the armor of God is? Here's a definition for the armor of God. It's benefits and freedoms, it's benefits, freedoms, and the privileges that are ours in Christ. That's what the armor of God is. The armor of God is our benefits, freedoms, and privileges that are yours once you receive Christ. They're yours, you don't have to know, but they're yours if you don't know about them, they're yours if you don't like them, they're yours if you have not uh, worked uh, on building them and strengthening them, they're yours, they're a gift. The armor, the armor of God is our benefits, our freedoms, our privileges, 
that are ours in Christ. And the belt of truth is to believe what we already know. So let's look on it. Because if we're going to put on the belt of truth, there are certain things that we're going to have to... Now, the belt of truth is different from the sword of the spirit, right? You know how like the sword of the spirit is an offensive weapon? That it, well, we'll get to it later on. It's different. That one's more for attacking. This one's more for um, protection. So the belt of truth, here's three things we have to do. To put on the belt of truth, we have to first, and this is going to sound so academic, you're going to have to believe the Bible. I was like, really? For real? That's what we're going to start with? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to start with this. Let me tell you why. Because many of us, when we go to the scriptures, what we do is we cherry pick what we like. We choose what we like. And we either ignore or full out rebel against what we don't like. Don't like. That's what it is. It's like, oh my gosh, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But and then, and then what Jesus says about other things, we're like, uh-uh, no thanks. What he says about sexual purity, what he says about, um, here's one. Um, I never knew how um, profound this was until like within the last year or two. I've had people in my life who I would define as enemies. People who want to do me harm and who are still doing me harm and intend to do me more harm. Here's, here's something that the Lord says. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. You go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'm down with that. But love, love, not just tolerate, not just not kill, not just not get back your enemies. No, no, no. Love your enemies. What? You see, there are certain things. And just, so if, we, if we're going to put on the belt of truth, we're going to have to stop playing around and we're going to have to actually believe the Bible. We're going to have to actually start taking the scriptures seriously. The Bible says, don't forsake the gathering of the believers. But for many of us, it's an optional deal. It's an optional deal. The Bible speaks about being generous with our resources, that believers in Christ should give away all that they have. Should give away all that they have. Like all that they have should be subject to be given away to whoever needs it. And we're like, no, 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 no. And then if we go, all right, well, let's just at least start at 10%. Start at 10%. It's a baby step. It's a good beginning point. Start at 10%. We're like, well, you're being legalistic. No, no, I get it, I get it. You don't want to put on the belt of truth. You, see, there's a difference. I'm going to spend some time on this. There's a difference between obeying God and agreeing with God. Agreeing. Okay, let me try it. Okay, let's talk about agreement. When you agree with God, basically, you are still Lord of your life. In other words... God says, um, you don't have no enemies, and God says, love your enemies. You're like, oh, I'm in total agreement with that. Yeah, that's true. That's good. And then you get somebody who's really trying to do you harm, or God forbid, one of your kids harm. And you're like, I don't agree anymore. Why? 
because you're still the boss. You see, when we agree with God, most of us just simply agree with God. But there are things in the Bible that I don't agree with, but that I want to obey. Are there things in the Bible that you don't like? Am I the only one? Let me see. Is there anyone here who has something in the Bible that they don't like? Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are things in the Bible. Husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. For real? Like that? Lay down my life and sacrifice for that sinner? Nah, man. I don't like it. So I agree with it or I don't agree with it. Depends. But there's a difference between agreement and obedience. Obedience leaves the Lord as Lord. Obedience doesn't matter what your opinion is. So it's the difference between being like, let's say, for instance, being employed at your job. Like, if you're employed at your job, you know what happens, right? Your boss tells you, hey, take out the trash. Hey, um, you know, pick up these boxes. Hey, close that account. Hey, you know, uh, receive this client. Hey, sell that house. Whatever your job is. And you go, oh, all right, yeah, cool. He got it. And I don't, maybe, he's, maybe he says it in the wrong way. Maybe he's a jerk about it. But when your boss tells you to do something, you generally are in agreement. Or at least you're in agreement that you want your check. And so you'll do what he's basically asking you for because you're at least in agreement that you both want to receive, you know, you want to receive your check, right? That's agreement. All right, so that's like that. Watch this. That's an employee type of uh, negotiation. But check this out. There's more like a soldier type of negotiation. There's a reason why if you disobey a commander during like a battle, that you could be not only court-martialed, like you could be, like you could receive the death penalty. You know why? Because you're not in a position to agree or disagree. Right? The, the, it's the poem of the 300, right? Ours is not to wonder why. Ours is but to do and die. Right? We're not trying to agree with this. We're just obeying what we've received. Some of us are living miserable lives because with Jesus, you're an employee rather than a soldier. Everything is up for debate. So, so the Lord speaks in his word. And you go, oh, oh, here's what it is. Oh, I, I, you know what? That sounds so profound. That's incredibly wise. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to consider that, Jesus. That is fabulous. You know what? No one could have said that better. You're a genius. I'm going to deeply think about what you said, whether or not to practice it in my life. And that's how we treat the Lord. Beloved, we're called to believe God's word in a thoughtful, deep way. It takes no thought to be an employee. It takes deep thought to be a soldier for the Lord. If we're going to put on the belt of truth, we're going to have to believe the Bible. All right. And I just came up, I, I honestly, this week I just decided that I'm not going to let grammar get in the way of, or bad sentences get in the way of making a point. So we got to believe the Bible and we're going to have to behave the book. 
right? You go, what on earth is that? That doesn't even make any sense. What, how do you behave the book? Here's what I mean. What I mean is that we have to do what God says. It has to go farther from belief into action. From our head to our hands. It's not just enough to believe. we got to start behaving in line with the scripture. You go, but wait. There's this, there's this person that I'm still attracted to and that I still want to pursue. Yeah, but you're married. Yeah, but, you know, they're, they're attractive and, and I want to pursue them. I, I believe that what God's word says about adultery, but I don't want to behave what God's word says about adultery. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what God's word says about being generous. I know what God's word, but I, I, I believe that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's not, I'm not going to give in any sacrificial way. It's believe and behave. If we're going to put on the belt of truth, we have to believe the Bible, we have to behave the book, and then let me just quickly do this so we can get to, we have to sense the scriptures. We have to sense the scriptures. And what I mean is that we have to, we have to, we have to move this into our emotions. So it's really head, heart, and hands, Right? We have to know and believe the Bible. Then we have to feel what the scriptures say, which you can behave before you feel about it. Trust me, I know. Um, And behave what the scriptures say. So here's what this might look like, right? Some of you, let me give you three examples. Now, in your bulletins, I want you to see something real fast. In your bulletins, I want you to see 31 truths of who I am in Christ. Right? Once you receive Christ, go ahead and just take out this peach looking. Uh, it's in your bulletins. Can you get it out and just wave it at me? Can you get it out and just wave it at me? If you got it. Okay. Even you disobedient people, go ahead. You can do it. I believe in you. You can do it. No. No. <laughs> All right. All right. So here we go. This is our attempt for this month, for you to put on the belt of truth. Because remember, we said we have to prepare. We have to do it. So to put on the belt of truth, every day I want you to go through one of these truths. And so here it is. Look at the first one. It says, I'm a child of God, 1 John 3, 2. Jump down to number five. It says, I am protected from the evil one. Some of you think you're cursed. Listen to me. I am protected from the evil one. So here's what you're going to do. On day five, you're going to go to John 17, 15, and you're going to meditate on John 17, 15. And that's going to be your scripture, and that's going to be your your word for that day. And you're just going to go over it. You know what you're doing? You're putting on the belt of truth. You're reinforcing. You're believing. You're getting it down to your emotional state, and you want to act out on what that looks like. Beloved, this is what it means to put on. So let's practice this. I was going to do it with these scriptures, but I'm going to do it with another set of scriptures, right? Some of you, some of you have more troubles than you know what to deal with. You feel like you're getting hit by 15 different areas and you feel like God is gone. He's nowhere to be found. Is there anyone who feels like that? I mean, where you just like, what? This is like the most difficult time in my life. Okay, 
I want you to look on the screen, uh, Psalm 34, 19. What does it mean to put on the belt of truth? Psalm 34, 19, it says this, a righteous person, a righteous man, a righteous person may have many troubles. Pause. That means those who are in Christ are not going to live a trouble-free life. A righteous person may have many troubles. But the, but the Lord delivers him from them all. You go, that doesn't do anything for me. You know why? Because we have to go from belief to behave to sense, to feel. See, when we said, what would happen if you started to really believe this and start living like this was true? If you did that, you would be putting on the belt of truth. Let's do another one. And this is for our worry warts in the room. Matthew 6, 31 through 33. And it says this. So do not, matter of fact, let's say this together. One, two, three. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What, what about what we worry about? Worry about with our friends at school? Worry about with the condition of our marriage? Worry about with the condition of our health? Worry about with our financial situation? Worry about, what if we, what if we actually started to meditate and believe this? It would change, listen to me. It would change how many tums you would have to take in a day. You know what I'm saying? Like your stomach is all tied in knots. It would change how you respond to the kinds of worries that you have. You see, what you would be doing is you would be putting on the belt of truth. And finally, let me give you this example. Ephesians 4, 32. This is for our people who are bitter and angry. Maybe for something I just said this service. Maybe for something someone else has done. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. Say it with me. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. What would that do to the bitterness that you have with the people that you have them with? Some of you, listen to me. The, in some of our marriages... Our natural knee-jerk response is bitterness. We just, they don't meet our needs. We feel trapped. We were too young. We didn't know any better. And you just treat them with contempt. Listen, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. If you started to believe that, and you started to behave that, and you started to feel that, sense that, your life would be utterly transformed. As the musicians come up, I want us to consider this. So today's big idea is simply this. To put on the belt of truth, I must search the scripture and let the scripture search me. This takes time, folks. This is not microwave. You can't do this in two minutes. It takes time. If I'm going to put on the, if I'm going to put on the belt of truth, 
I'm going to have to study the scripture and allow the scripture to study me. I'm going to have to take time and look intently at the scripture and then the scripture to point out some of my sins. Not to point out some of her sins, not to point out some of their sins, not to point out some of his sins, but to point out some of my sins and allow them to lead me to repentance. Beloved, this is so important. It's so important.